I'm pressing on through this world of care. Nobody knows what a load I bear. But for my Lord, I'll bravely stand. For no, my Lord's going to lead me out of this pilgrim land. Oh, no, my Lord.
in the morning when I rise in the morning when I rise give me Jesus give me Jesus give me Jesus you can Jesus and when I am alone oh when I am alone oh when I am alone give me Jesus give me My 
the storm, you remain in control, in the middle of the war, you guard my soul, you alone are the anchor, when my sails are torn, your love surrounds me, in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet Between the black skies and my red eyes I can barely see And when I realize I've been let down by my friends and my family I can hear the rain reminding me in the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. And dreams are far from me and I 
I'm running out of faith. See a picture, a picture, slowly fade away. And when I read tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face, I find my peace in Jesus' name. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. I just don't know how I'm gonna make ends meet. I did my best, now I'm scared to death that we might lose everything. When a sickness takes my child away and there's nothing I can do, my only hope is to trust in you. I trust you, Lord. In the you remain in control in the middle of the war you guard my soul you alone are the anchor when my sails are torn your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm when my hopes and I'm running out of faith. I see the future I picture slowly fade away. And when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face, I find my peace in Jesus' name. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the
another blow. Oh, then he came and and Pastor Joe with great affliction. And he said, Curse God and die, we will say. But Job said, Unfolded my Redeemer lived. And that old devil was defeated again. Glorified your battles if you'll let
through this wicked land. With the smokescreen of his grace, he will talk you, and he will hide you in the hollow of his hand. He will fight the dead alone when you are dying. Heaven's doors will open wide and let you in. As you enter, you can shout goodbye, old devil. I'm through with you when you're defeated again. As you enter, you can shout goodbye, old devil. I'm through with you when you're defeated again.
and uh, I know it's that time and everybody's trying to get their time in it's getting, starting to get late in the year but I was thinking about the song Sue was singing with all them words and I thought to myself it's worse when you're older I'm older than she is and if she messes up I'm following her because <laughs> it's been long that long for me and my mind don't work that good so but it, it, is a, it is a good song to go to get through your system. Get it in your mind that the devil is defeated. He has been defeated at Calvary. He's been defeated all through God's word. And he is defeated. He's just waiting for his day. I wanted to uh, <clears throat> talk to you today about something that God put on my heart and I didn't... I'm glad that Connie taught what she taught today because our Sunday school class kind of hit on some of it. But I want to go to the book of Isaiah, if you've got your Bible. Everything that's written about Israel. Now I want you to hear this, church, because everything that's written about Israel is for us to see. It's for the word to be written down that the church could see it. And they're examples throughout God's Word. All through the Old Testament, they're examples. What God was doing in Israel, they were His people. God is trying to do a work in the church. And you know what? Those are His people. And I want you to hear that because sometimes we think because we're in the church, we don't have no problems. That Christ paid for our sins, past, present, future, and we ain't got nothing to grow up or to learn or to do. But I want you to hear that if you read about Israel and you put yourself there and you put yourself in those shoes, you will find God speaking to you about what you need to do. And that's what I want to talk about because I see something that's going on today. And I believe God revealed this. I believe God brings this stuff out. We're living in a time when the church, how do you say it? The scripture says in 2 Timothy, they have a form of godliness, but they deny the power thereof. And it says from such turn away. 
And I want you to hear something. Israel, God's people, all the things that God had done for Israel, everything that God had brought them to when they were in this time period of Isaiah, I want you to hear something. All through their past, God had answered prayer for them. He defeated Satan. He defeated the enemy. Every time the enemy would come against his people, he was their answer. He had done miraculous miracles, one after another, to deliver little Israel, not because they were better than anybody, but because God was showing his love to them. And God has shown his love to us. It's not because we're any better than anybody in this world, but it's because he loved us. He forgave us. He brought our hearts out. He showed us who we were and what we needed. And I think when I look at Israel like that, it's sad when I read the stories of how far away from God they got. Oh, they used his name. Oh, they proclaim they're God's people. Can I tell you, the church is doing that today. They're proclaiming his name. They claim all of his benefits. But can I tell you, they're not serving God. I'm not picking at them and I'm not telling them. I want you to listen to these words and I want you to hear what God is saying to you through it. But in, in first, it's, it's mostly in the 48th chapter of Isaiah, but I'm going to go to 42 first, and I'm going to read two verses, and I want you to hear them. Verse 8 and 9. It says in Isaiah 42, 8 and 9, it says, I am the Lord, that is my name, and my glory will I not give to another, neither my praise to graven images. How many of those Israel had picked up graven images? You know, we talked to, uh, last week, I don't know, you wouldn't hear on Sunday night, but I talked about Solomon. And if you remember, Solomon had all them wives, and he married all them, and he took in all of their gods from everywhere they come from, and because he loved these wives, he was building them images to their gods. And Israel got into it to where they began to worship. They began to give credit to other things besides God. They began to honor those gods for what they stood for instead of trusting in the God that takes... How many knows God takes care of you? And he takes care of you in every area of your life. I don't care if it's physically. I don't care if it's mentally. I don't care what your problem is. God will take care of you. He is your only Lord. There is none besides him. Now, God, I want you to get that in your mind because that's what God's saying to Israel here. He is kind of discouraged and disappointed in his people. And you can feel that. But it goes on to say in verse 9, Behold, the former things are come to pass, and new things do I declare. Before they spring forth, I tell you of them. Why did I want to read that? Because I want you to hear it. It's in the 48th again. But I want you to hear that it is God that says what is going to happen. Now, see, here's a hard thing for people. People has the hardest time believing that God can not only see the past, but he sees the future. He knows where he's taking us. He knows where he's leading us to. 
He sees you. He brought you into this life that you would be a child of his, that you would grow and learn of him, that you would learn to follow him with your heart, not just steps, but follow him with your heart. He is the one. The former things are come to pass. How many knows what God promised Abraham when he called him? That their children, his children, would go 400 years into bondage. And then they would be delivered out. You know God spoke that to Abraham when he called him? And Abraham wasn't even alive when they went into bondage. Listen to what I'm telling you. God spoke those things before they happened. And God spoke those things and then they came to pass. Amen. Listen to the God that you serve. See, we sell him so short. In fact, we get so uh, complacent in our Christian walk that if God don't answer us right away, we don't really want to wait it out. We'll look for somebody else to give us an answer. Technology, my money, I'll do everything else. I'll go to some wise person. I'll go to some counselor. I'll get some good counseling. Boy, they'll tell me. They'll straighten out my kids and everything else. Praise God. You know what? God's offended when you turn away and turn to him. Don't turn to him. And you turn to something else to exalt that it gave you your answer. Listen to what I'm telling you. In Isaiah 46, there's two verses, 9 and 10. He says in verse 9, that's four chapters up, 46, 9, and 10. He says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me. Amen. Declaring, who declares? God's the one that declares. Amen. Listen to me, when he declares, you can promise yourself, this is going to happen, God declared it. He says, declaring the end from the beginning and from the ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all of my pleasure. God knows exactly what he's trying to do. And he has all the plan. Why wouldn't we learn of him? Why wouldn't we study him? Why wouldn't we listen to what he's trying to say to us? But see, we're, we're bent on turning our way. We're bent on trusting something else. Now I want you to turn to Isaiah 48. I'm going to deal with some of these verses here. And I want you to start at verse 1 of Isaiah 48. This is the Lord's strong urge. Strong urge. Listen to me. To his people. The Lord is trying to give a strong urge to his people. You know God is trying his best today to the church to urge them the right way. He's pushing a strong urge toward the church. You say, well, what am I supposed to do? I'm a Christian. You're supposed to get close to God and listen to what he's telling you. Because he knows what tomorrow holds. And he knows what we're facing. Don't get knocked off your feet when the enemy shows up. He's already defeated when he shows up. Amen. Because you're a child of the king. 
And there's not one thing he can do to you that turn that around. He cannot defeat you. Praise God. Isaiah 48, 1. Hear ye this, O house of Jacob, which are called by my name Israel, and are come forth out of the waters of Judah. That means they come from the tribe of Judah. Which swear by the name of the Lord and make mention of the God of Israel. But, look at the but. Not in truth and not in righteousness. Isn't that sad? See, God says you're going around calling yourself a child of God. You're going around. Sometimes Christians go around, call themselves Christians. But they're not in truth and they're not in righteousness. Am I, am I picking on you? I'm sorry if it sounds like it, but I'm not. I'm trying to warn you. To be careful what the enemy's trying to do. He wants to set you aside from trusting God. He don't want you to come in here and throw your hands in the air and say, I couldn't wait to get to the house of God. I couldn't wait to feel the presence of God. I couldn't wait to get around God's people because they talk my language. They got a spirit in them that drives my spirit forward. He says, for they call themselves of the holy city. Talking about Jerusalem, where the temple is. Where the presence of God came down to Israel. Listen to the rebuke that God has given his own people. He's rebuking Israel. But he says, and stay themselves upon the God of Israel. The Lord of hosts is his name. I have declared the former things from the beginning. And they went forth out of my mouth, and I showed them, and I did them suddenly, and they came to pass. Because I knew that thou art obstinate. What a word. What in the world's obstinate doing in the Bible? Listen to this. Because I knew, God said, that thou art obstinate, and thy neck is an iron sinew, and thy brow brass what is that all about well I wrote down the uh, definition of obstinate it's stubborn hard to control and stiff necked anybody like that in here did you ever get that look from your kids that look of or did you ever look at your kids that way like I'll knock your block off don't go there You know what? These people were stubborn with God. They were getting stubborn with God. Bill, they were standing against God. They were like, I don't have to hear that. I'm going to go and find me another way to do this. It says they got obstinate. It says thy neck is an iron sinew. A sinew is a strong cord that joins the muscle to the bone. And the brow, thy brow brass, which means they're hard-headed. They had saw God move. Think about it. They had saw God move for them, yet they have turned to worship idols. Isn't that horrible? You know, we look back at that and we think, those people must really been ignorant. They got down and started bowing to some idol. But can I tell you something? We're bound to idols every day. 
I'm sorry to tell you, but anything you bow to that goes ahead of God, look out. I don't care if it's your children. I don't care if it's your bank account. I don't care if it's your pretty self. You become an idol ahead of God. It's like God is not first in my life. My children are. Or my money. I got enough money to worry. I don't worry about it. I don't pray about it because I got the money in the bank. You know what I'm trying to tell you? You might think them was ignorant people, but I'm going to tell you something. We're just as ignorant. We have the Holy Spirit with us everywhere we go. We can get on our knees and cry out, and uh, the torn curtain is open. We can go straight to the throne of God. And yet, we still want to trust ourselves. I'm so smart. I made so many good good, uh, steps that... I don't really need God. God, go help somebody else. Look out. Because you've idolized something that you don't need God. And God knows every one of us need him. Verse 5. I have even from the beginning declared it to thee before it came to pass. I showed it thee lest thou should say, my idol hath done them, and my graven image and my molten image hath commanded them. You know what they were saying? The Lord's trying to say, I did it my way, and I spoke it to you that you couldn't even take credit. You couldn't go and pray to your other idol and let him get I did. I answered you suddenly and I got things uh, moving because I want you to understand where your help comes from. See, as long as we got it in our mind when we get down to pray, we cry and we weep because problems are there and we don't really have godly sorrow like was talked about before, but we'll turn right around and we'll pray to something. We'll get ourselves all mixed up and try our best to figure it all out ourselves. And go to every direction but God. And you know what? God's offended. He does not move if your heart is not right with him. If your heart is not true to him. Are you crying out because you have faith and believe that he's going to move for you? Are you praying, Lord, hold it off until somebody else comes to the rescue? Or something changes. I want God to answer prayer. I want God to move. I want to know i got a relationship that I can talk to my Heavenly Father. And I want Him to know that I trust Him. I trust you, Lord. That's all I know. I trust you. That's all I know what to do is I trust you. No matter what it looks like, no matter what Trump says or anybody else says, nobody can fix my problems. Nobody can fix America but Jesus. And can I tell you something? The sad part is God saying all this to Israel, knowing the only God there was was him. The only answer there was was him. There is none else, he says. But they won't cry out to him. No, they like the world they've created. They like to have these other gods in their land. Isaiah 44, I'm going to skip off there just a minute, I'll come back to it. 
But Isaiah 44, 6 says, Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first and the last, and besides me there is no God. Then listen to what God says. And who, as I shall call, and shall declare it, and set it, set it in order for me, since I appointed an ancient people, and the thing that are, are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. See, I think he's saying, who else are you going to call on? Who else are you going to get? Who else do you think has got the wisdom to do what I need to do? That's what God's saying. I'm the one that has your answer, but you keep turning away from me and trusting everything but me. I want to go back to the stiff-necked. In that fourth verse, those obstinate, stiff-necked, and brow brass. You've heard that throughout the Bible. In Exodus 32, the Lord said to Moses when he was up on the mountain, he said, you need to get yourself down because the people had built a calf. He was getting the law for them. And he said in verse 9, and the Lord said to Moses, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. You would think God would just write them off. I mean, here's what I'm saying. You would think sometimes in your life, God would just write you off. But can I tell you something? We serve a God of great grace and great mercy. And if I want something to come across today, that's what I want you to hear. I don't care what you've done. I don't care how bad you feel like you've not served God. If you love him, if you trust him, if you want to get your heart right with him, then you need to return to him. Return and repent and be renewed in your spirit to him. I want you to hear that. Don't tell me it's over. Don't tell me the church is going to fail. Church ain't going to fail. Church is going on. But the enemy's doing everything he can to press us down and to put us out. Even Stephen, all the way up in Acts, he called them stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears. You do always resist the Holy Ghost. As your fathers did, so do you. How many knows from the Old Testament to the New, Israel was being condemned because they were stiff-necked. Listen to what I'm telling you. Don't get stubborn with God. Listen to what I'm telling you. Don't get stubborn with God. Don't you dare come against God because God's telling you get your heart right. Don't you dare come against him because he's telling you put the things out of your life that don't belong in your life. He's trying his best to bring you back to a place where you can walk with him and he can hit you and you can act like there ain't you ain't nobody here but you. You ever talk about singing in the shower? You can get happy just like you're the only one there. Just laughing. And, and cry and holler and shout and jump. And you know what? When the Holy Spirit's on you, you don't really think about what somebody else thinks about it. You're just happy you feel it. I'm happy when God's here. 
Let's go back. Go back to 40, Isaiah 48. I want you to look at 6 through 8. He says, Thou hast heard, verse 6, Thou hast heard, see all this, and will not you declare it. I have showed thee new things from this time, even hidden things, and thou did not know them. They are created now and not from the beginning. That's a big statement. I don't know if you heard what I just said, but it says they are created now, not from the beginning, even before the day when thou heardest them not, lest thou should say, Behold, I knew them. Yea, thou heardest not, yea, Thou knewest not, yea, from the time that thine ear was not opened, for I knew that thou wouldest deal very treacherously and was called a transgressor from the womb. He's, he's picking on them because he knew they would reject him. But how many knows in Isaiah that God began to say new things? Somebody, some people don't. They just think everything was written before. But I want you to understand something. There were some things that had never been said that Isaiah brought out more than any other prophet. Number one, you go back to Isaiah 6. You go back to Isaiah 6, verse 8, when Isaiah was called upon the throne of God. How many remembers the story when Isaiah was called to the throne of God in a vision? He was standing before the throne. And when, when he saw it, he realized the seraphims were flying back and forth and they were crying, holy, holy, holy. And, and, I, and Isaiah said to himself, I'm a man of unclean lips and I live among a people that's unclean. He said those things. And you know what? One of the seraphims went over and took a coal from off the altar and laid it on his mouth and anointed him. Then listen what he says. Verse 8. Also I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. And he said, Go and tell this people, Hear ye indeed, but understand not. See you indeed, but perceive not. Make the heart of the people fat, make their ears heavy, shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, convert and be healed. Why, won't, why does he tell him to do this? You know what God already knows, and he's bringing it out now? He knows Israel's already on the downhill slope. They're already stiff-necked. They've already made up their mind they're accepting these false gods. God's calling them to repentance. He sends the prophet new message to them. Now, that's, that's to me, I used to wonder, why did God call Isaiah up to the throne? I'll tell you why. Because Isaiah had a lot to write. He was going to be anointed with the words that God was going to give him for his people Israel. Their future. Not what happened when they come out of Egypt. Not what happened when they were, went through the uh, Red Sea. No, he's telling them, you're not only, I'm not only going to write to you what's happening to you and why it's happening to you. You know, the first 39 chapters just about talked about God's judgment on Israel. 
And then around the 40th chapter on up, he begins to talk about restoring them and a salvation and another hope of another day. Well, Isaiah got to write these things. And if you remember your Bible, you that have studied the Bible, you will know that Isaiah not only went up there on that sixth, that sixth, but he talked to them. And when God said to them, you're going to go and tell them and they're gonna, you're going to fatten them up with the truth. You're going to fatten them up with the words that I give you. But they're not going to hear you. They won't hear it and they won't see it. You know, sometimes you can stand here and you can preach the gospel. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will speak directly to your heart and you'll walk right straight back out that door. I'm sorry, because I know I was lost one day too. And I know how the enemy does. Can I tell you, you can be driving down the road under conviction time, and can I tell you, a song will come on the radio and your heart will be melting. Nobody knows it, but you're scared inside of you because you know you're not right with God. Listen to what I'm telling you. The Spirit of God is trying to work. He's trying to work in his people. He was saying they're not going to hear it. Did you know what he said in the next chapter, in the seventh chapter? He looked, he looked, he had Isaiah to start, begin to write things, and he said, a virgin shall conceive. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel. Do you know what? That was never written before. Listen to what I'm telling you. How many knows new things are coming out? Isaiah's bringing new things to Israel. There's a virgin coming. She's going to bear a son. How many knows that came to pass? Amen. Jesus came. In the 14th chapter, the 9th chapter, he says, For unto us a, son is, a child is born, unto us a son is given. Who gave a son? Our heavenly Father gave his son. How many knows God was still working on Israel as bad as they were? How many knows God's still working on the church? He's trying to draw us back to him. Quit standing against God. Quit standing against trusting his word. Read his word. Quit worrying about what kind of translation you've got. Study it and listen to the spirit of God that talks to you. And when I'm saying that, you know what? I don't never go out of the King James Version. I've got other Bibles at home, and I'm not picking at nobody that reads them. But I'm going to tell you something, other. I base them on what I'm hearing. Because you know what? I got saved reading this one. I grew up reading this one. I'm not trying to condemn nobody. But can I tell you, I get a little bit leery when all we want to do is fix everything. And it's mankind that keeps coming up with another one that you can understand it better. And I'll tell you right now, if you love God, you'll understand it. You'll get hungry enough that you'll read the same scripture 15 times until God says, now I want to show you what it means. Quit looking for the fast tape that gets you there quicker. Get a hold of the word of God and begin to fall in love with it. It's God's love letter written to you. Until you look at it that way, you'll be looking for some other way I can cheat my way to the top. Sometimes I wonder about some of the people that's so wise. They're so smart in the Bible. 
and they get to a place where they're so smart, they don't need the Spirit of God. They don't need to call upon God. And I worry about sometimes what God, what they claim God is speaking to them about. Because I'm wondering, are they listening to the Spirit of God? Are they listening to that Spirit that's feeding their flesh? I don't know what I'm talking about there. That's what I feel. What I know. Isaiah 53 had never been written. You ever read Isaiah 53? It talks about how our Savior would suffer. He would come, but he was the suffering servant. How many knows Isaiah had a purpose to write all he had wrote? And when Jesus came and he went to the cross, and it says in there, it says in there, he was despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows, acquainted with grief. We hid as our face from him. He was despised. He was esteemed, and we esteemed him not. He bore our griefs, carried our sorrows. We did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. How many knows when you read in there, you realize Jesus suffered dying on the cross for you and I. Isaiah was opening the door to some new things. And yet, you know what, where Israel was when he was dying on the cross? They were standing and saying, crucify him. If he's really the son of God, bring himself off there. They didn't think about what they were guilty of doing. All they wanted to see is, did he have the power to do, to take himself off of there? How many knows? Sometimes we're not after what God's after. I don't want spiritual gifts if I'm not going to use them rightly. I don't want anything that God's, that I'll hinder the gospel. I don't want to hurt anything that God's trying to do. Get me out of the way, Lord. I'm just, my life's just a little bitty vapor. Just comes and goes. And it already came and it's gone. <laughs> a lot of it is. But can I tell you something? God, just looking for somebody to stand in the gap. Somebody he can use. Isaiah was standing there. All that Isaiah poured his heart out to. All the years that he brought this to watch them still go into bondage. How many knows the day was coming? When Isaiah wrote this, it's about 700 and something, 712 BC, somewhere in that area. Israel's getting ready to go into bondage. Judah's getting ready to go into bondage. Israel had already been defeated as far as the northern part. But see, Jerusalem and Judah and Benjamin, they still had, was trying to have their religion. Isaiah was called to talk to them about it. Back in Isaiah 48, I've got three more verses I want to read there. Look at verse 9. For my name's sake will I defer my anger. Listen to God's grace and mercy. 
For my name's sake will I defer mine anger, and for my praise will I refrain for thee, that I cut thee not off. Wow. Listen to what God's saying. He's saying, for my name, I should cut you off, but I won't cut you off because you're my people. So I'm going to keep working on you, and I'm going to keep trying to restore you. I want you to listen to this. He goes on, verse 10. Behold, I have refined thee, but not with silver. I have chosen thee in the furnace of affliction. What is that? Wow. He's brought them to the furnace of affliction. I've chose you there. You know what he's telling them? You're going to suffer for me. You're going to suffer some. How many knows they suffered going into bondage? For all they were doing against God, that God had sent Isaiah, Jeremiah, and Ezekiel to warn them and all these other prophets to warn them that they were going into bondage. They didn't believe it. They thought, no way, that can never happen. We keep thinking America will be fine. Nobody wants to repent. How many knows God calls us to repent? God called them to repent. Are we any better? We should be repenting every day. If you haven't got some special sin that you need to repent for, you need to repent for what you haven't done today for God. Because, see, I'm going to tell you something. Our world's going down a path. And can I tell you something? I said it last week. They don't care about repenting. All they care about is when are we going to get a new brewery? Or when are we going to get a new party place? Or what sports arena are we going to build next? we got to get our city back on track to making money. And I'm thinking to myself, God's waiting for you to fall on your face and to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Lord, we're here. I'm sorry we've allowed ourselves to come to this place and we quit serving you. Because there's many people that's been there where the presence of God was there. They know what God means to them. They know what God's did. But no, we accept what the enemy tells us. Oh, it don't matter. Everybody's going to heaven anyway. Look out. Look out what you're believing. You better get back in your Bible. You better get to studying. And you better get to listening. And you better get to praying. Oh, Lord, open my eyes. Open my ears. Let me hear you, Lord. I hear my wife sometimes. I got a bad ear. Sometimes I hear her, sometimes I don't. But I know when God's talking to me. Don't you know when he wants to talk to you and you want to hear him, he'll, he'll get across to you. I don't have a bad ear to God. I don't, I'm not saying that proud. But in my ears, whether they work or they don't, Vicky, it doesn't matter. I still know what God's saying. Not, I'm not a little body, but I know this. He's calling us to repentance. He's calling us to return. America, return. If that's not through Trump, then I, you know what? Trump is not our answer. Trump's not the one that's going to cause us to repent, is he? 
I don't think so. I pray God uses him. Israel had been refined through Egypt when they went into bondage there. And they were refined through the bondage to Babylon that's coming up to them. And they'll also be refined in the great tribulation. Listen to what I'm telling you. Israel right now is not serving God. They're not serving the Savior. They rejected him. But Zechariah tells me one day they'll see Jesus and they'll weep and they'll mourn. And he goes through the tribes talking about how they'll weep and they'll mourn because they'll look upon him whom they pierced. And they'll know they had rejected the only son of God. He's going to give them another chance. He's going to give them a chance as a nation to come back to him. But they're going to go through a tribulation time. Hear what I'm telling you. There's going to be a lot of suffering through the tribulation time. And Israel's going to see it. Israel's going to be a part of it. There's a, what he call it? The furnace of affliction is coming. How many wants to suffer to get there? You know what? You keep rejecting God. You're asking to suffer to get, to get anywhere. But if you'll turn to him, can I tell you something? He'll deliver you. He'll deliver you and you can, when he, when he begins to step out and blow that trumpet with a great voice, guess what? You're going to hear it. And you're going to rise and you're going to say, goodbye, old devil, I'm done with you. And everything that's appointed to this destruction, everything that's appointed to this day of tribulation, you don't have to deal with. The last verse of that, Isaiah 48, for my own sake, even for my own sake, will I do it. For how shall my name be polluted, and I will not give my glory to another? Psalm 106.8 says, Nevertheless, he saved them for his namesake, that he might make his mighty power to be known. Praise God. Do you know that Israel is living on the past? But they don't have to. You know a Jew can get saved. He can come and accept Jesus as his Savior. But can I tell you something? The mighty power of God, Israel has saw it work. The mighty power of God inside God's house, you, a lot of you have seen it work. You have seen the miracle in me, the miracle in you. How many knows there was a great miracle that takes place inside of a person when they accept Jesus Christ as their Savior? It's a miracle. How can he take that sin away from me? How can he make me like a little boy innocent again? Jesus paid it all. Jesus made the way. He's still the only way. We don't have another message to preach. That's the only message there is. His name is Jesus. He's still crying out, come to me, 
All you that labor and heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. One more thing Isaiah said all the way back in Isaiah. I want you to hear about it because Isaiah just stood out to me. All the things, and you can't hardly, you will have time to read the things that God said to Isaiah was going to happen. But listen to what he says in 65, 17. For behold, I create new heavens and a new earth. The former shall not be remembered nor come into mind. How many knows? Even Isaiah wrote about, he didn't write just about Jesus coming as a baby the first time, Ryan. He talked about the second time that he's going to come back because he's coming back to bring us the new Jerusalem, a new heaven and a new earth. How many knows God had the plan for Israel? You think he hadn't got the plan for the bride of Christ? He does. Come on back up, baby. In Revelation 21, I didn't get much into the New Testament. I'm going to tonight if you're here. But can I tell you something? This has got a whole lot, a whole lot more written about the church, just like he wrote to them. It's written to the church also. The prophecy that went forth. God knows how to speak the truth. You know some people go and they try to hear from, they, they'll play the, what, the cards? They'll look at somebody that can give them some kind of future talk. We've had presidents of this country to go and ask future tellers what tomorrow holds. And I think to myself, what a stink in God's nostril. That's sad that this country that God gave us, that our leaders would go to that far. They're not trusting God. They can say, God bless America, but they don't know the God that they're talking about. They really just, I think they're trying to hold him off from bringing real judgment. But in Isaiah 20, or in Revelation 21, verse 1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. The first heaven, the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And down at verse 5, he says, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said unto me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Verse 6, And he said unto me, It is done. I am Alpha and Omega the beginning and the end. And I will give unto him that is thirst of the fountain of the water of life freely. Verse 7, He that overcomes shall inherit all things. I will be his God and he shall be my son. Why did I read that? Because I want you to know we got a good end to our story. We got a new heaven and a new earth coming. The Lord's already written it down. It's going to happen. Are you going to be in it? Or are you going to be somewhere thinking about the times God tried to call you to repent? And you say, Lord, I'm too busy. 
I got my life to live, Lord. I ain't got time for that. Maybe when I get older, Lord. I can't do it. My wife won't let me come to church. I had a guy tell me that one time. I just looked at him. You know why? He was crying. Tears rolled down his face. God was dealing with him. But he said, my wife wouldn't go to your church. And I said, I ain't talking to your wife. Then I realized he was serious. Let me tell you something. There ain't nothing. You're going to have to make up your mind. God's going to be first in your life. And if that brings a little controversy, let me tell you something. You're like a life raft to this world. Even to your wife or whoever it is getting in your way. But you need to live for God. Because you might be the only reason they come. And the only reason they make it home, because they see Jesus in you. Return, repent, and be renewed. Then trust in God's redemption plan for you through Jesus Christ. Only answer, only answer I got to a world that is into a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. They're denying the power thereof. He's telling us to turn away from those people. He ain't talking to out, people out of the world. He's talking to people in the church. When Paul wrote that to Timothy, he said, he said, in the latter days, these things will happen. Men will be lovers of themselves. But then he gets to that verse 5. He says they have a form of godliness. He's writing about somebody. And can I tell you something? That somebody's here today. That somebody's in, in the church somewhere today. I'm not talking about just this church. I'm talking about all across this nation. In the church, there are people sitting there with a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. I ain't their judge, and I ain't trying to be. God knows if you don't bring the truth to your children, they won't know the truth. Mom and dad, it's your responsibility to tell your children God's real truth. Don't lie to them, pat them on the head, and say it don't matter what you do, you're going you're gonna to go to heaven because we believe. No, you need to tell them to repent. You need to teach them Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by him. Everybody stand, if you will. It's a different message, I know. Not trying to come against anybody. You know, I listen to it every once in a while. I'll hear people that's talking prophecy. And you know what? Prophecy is in the Bible. What I talked about today with Isaiah, obviously Isaiah was to give the message to who God sent him to. And the message of the things that were coming to pass and those prophecy things are happening. But can I tell you, there's a lot of people speaking prophecy today that you got to be careful what they're saying. Because I'm going to tell you something, I don't care what kind of thing God calls you into. If he calls you into a, any kind of a ministry, whether it's prophecy or whatever, listen to what I'm telling you. 
It ain't the where, it ain't the why, it ain't the when, it ain't the how. It's the who. And if you don't grow close to him in the midst of that, guess what? The enemy will move in there and lie to you, and you'll be telling stuff that somebody else said. You need to hear from God yourself. Don't you know Isaiah talked to God? He didn't go counsel with somebody else to find out what kind of prophecy to give. It was God that gave him his prophecy. So they searched today. Everybody's got an answer for what's happening in America. Can I tell you something? The only thing I see happening is God is stepped back from America and says, return to me and repent, and I'll renew you. I mean, here's what I'm saying. It's not where. Where is he going to do? Where is the... Uh, Antichrist coming from? When is this going to happen? Why is this going to happen? What is the church supposed to be doing? We should have all these information written in a book so we can teach it. Can I tell you something? God wants you to call upon him. God wants you to stay ready. I don't have time to study everybody's book. I'm trying my best to hear his voice. That's what we need to hear. Hear from him. I don't want you to follow me if I'm not following God. I don't want you to follow just words. I want you to follow what the Spirit of God is doing in your heart and life. If he's convicting you about something, that's between you and him. Work it out. Don't cast it aside. One day he'll cast you aside. I don't know why I'm saying all that. Listen to me. He's still our Savior. He's still got his hand out, trying to take your hand. And he's saying to you, return to me. Come to me. Surrender yourself. Give up what this world's doing. You ain't never going to fit in enough. If you're beautiful, guess what? You're going to get old. You ain't going to be so beautiful later. We laugh about it because we all was beautiful years ago. We thought we was anyway. But we realize we ain't going to be there. Our, our tomorrow's in Jesus. Our eternity's in Him.
forsaken take me Jesus take me now 